0: You're listening to the Big Finish Podcast, launch date 27th Feb 2017. Stop, don't move. Hello,
1: I'm Benji Clifford, sound designer, composer, man of chat, and I'm back. Yes, whilst my co-host was off swanning round in a glamorous tinsel town, I was left here slaving over a hot computer working on Survivor's Series 6. But talking of my co-host, he is a man who literally puts the shock... In Earthshock. He's an actor, a writer, a director, producer, Dalek connoisseur, and our executive producer. He also looks a little bit like the Archbishop of Canterbury, which we discovered this
0: week. <laughs> I think it was the Archbishop of Canterbury. <laughs> but yes, it's Mr Nicholas Briggs. Heck yeah. Oh yes, it was a clergyman. I don't. Was it the Archbishop of Canterbury? I, can't, I don't know. Someone put remember. a picture on Twitter and said that. What did they say? I can't remember. It was rather striking, I have to, have to admit. Yeah, it's just very worrying when you see the people that people think you resemble.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I get it a lot with, uh, with John Belushi from the Blues Brothers, all the time, actually. Uh, yeah, it happens quite a lot, uh, especially when I go out. He's uh, dead, though, isn't he? He's been dead for a long so time. So how can people
0: mistake you for him?
1: Well, not mistake, you know, they, they always say you look like and you know, obviously, you know what I mean.
0: Yes. Oh, anyway, I should get on with this. Uh, yes, I am humbled uh, to once more be in your presence, Benji. Uh, allow me to remind you listeners that we at Big Finish are the purveyors of fine audio drama and audiobooks based on great stuff like Doctor Who, Tortured Blake's Seven Survivors, The Omega Factor, Bernice Summerfield, The Prisoner, The Avengers and there's that lovely ancient Rome murder mystery Cicero starring Sam Barnett which is it's going down a storm lots of great stuff and you'll be pleased to hear that we're back
1: to our regular podcast format. In a moment, the big finished news that'll be followed by listeners' emails, and they've been stacking up. Then we'll have our guest star interview, The Randomoid Selectatron, which isn't our guest star interview, it's, it's another segment, but it sounded like oh, yes. our interview with The Randomoid Selectatron. <laughs> and then uh, a roundup of our latest releases. Our drama tease this week is... The first 15 minutes or so of The First Men in the Moon by H.G. Wells. Dramatised by Jonathan Barnes and starring Nigel Planer and Gethin Anthony. Yeah. Along the way we may stray off in some rather strange directions but that's
0: just the way it goes in the Big Finish Podcast. And our special guest today is Christopher Benjamin, perhaps better known to us all as Henry Gordon Jago of Jago and Lightfoot fame. (laughs) Those two trusty Victorian investigators from the Doctor Who story, the Talons of Weng Chiang, have been featuring in their own very successful Big Finish spin-off series for some years now, in case you didn't know. And just recently, uh, they've been involved in something rather special for the Doctor Who short trips range. More information on that in the news, which is actually... Coming up right now! Oh, there it is over there. This is the big finish news.
2: Benji. He's,
0: dun, dun, ba, dun, ba, dun, He's dun, searching for his jaw harp. Oh, I where is it? Can't oh. find
3: it. Oh. I expect you to bring out oh, some bagpipes. Hold on, pipe. it's
1: all right. I, I've got something.
0: No, oh, he's he's literally walked away from the microphone. No,
4: what? You've broken the news, Benji. Oh. Dum, dum, bum, bum, bum.
0: There we go. Some
4: I Had to do something.
0: I was I was yeah. panicking. I want I was... a full string section next time. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see I want to see a violin quartet at least sitting on the bed <laughs> behind you. I'll just you go just one better them.
1: say well, the the London Philharmonic Orchestra, <laughs> joining me in in
3: the podcast
0: this week. <laughs> Anyway, do please get on with the news. Yes, yes, I will, I will.
1: Yes, so as previously just hinted at, Jago and Lightfoot encounter an old friend with a new face. April's Doctor Who short trip's release features two readers for the first time, as Trevor Baxter and Christopher Benjamin bring Jago and Lightfoot to the Club for Curious Scientific Men to give a lecture on a recent adventure they've had eerie energetic
0: events which include meeting a familiar time lord friend in an unfamiliar form Mm. doctor who short trips the jago and lightfoot revival acts one and two is directed by lisa bowerman and written by jonathan barnes i visited the studio for this momentous event and here are jonathan and producer ian atkins telling us as much as they dare So Jonathan, tell us about the uh, writing of these two Jago and Lightfoot Short Trips. Right, well no, I was approached by Ian to do this two-parter in the
3: Short Trips form which would have two voices, um, uh, and of course the only choice, the, the only possible voices we could choose were Jago and Lightfoot themselves, and it was a kind of, you know, yes another um, irresistible invitation from Big Finish really, which is to put together those two icons of 70s Doctor Who's. And the audience
5: is settling down again,
0: so I'm narrating, aren't I?
6: That's the one. Thank
0: you very much indeed. In your own time, Trevor. Thank you. Of course, it's their 40th anniversary, isn't it?
2: And so we
0: ran, the Doctor and I, across the Isle of Minos, fleeing before the approach of the Gunslingers. What's been happening here today?
7: Today we've been recording um, the first ever short trip with two people um, for... Trevor Baxter and Christopher Benjamin as Jago and Lightfoot, of course, um, doing a two-part story where they meet, um, I don't think it's giving too much away, say, the Tenth Doctor.
3: Well, we catch up with Jago and Lightfoot um, at a bit of a lull in their lives, Um, both of them feeling a little bit rudderless, a little bit down, a little bit flat, Um, haven't had any kind of um, adventures or infernal incidents for a while, and they're looking for something to kind of... um, Galvanize them um, out of that rut. Nice.
7: I've I've been present for quite a few recordings of and Light like over the last couple of years, and and then very recently was was, was very flattered and, and surprised when David Richardson gave me the producership of it. And and although we're, we're bubbling along with that at the moment, um, when I was working out the schedule for the short trips last year, I was very keen to actually see if we could do a, a, a two-hander with with Trevor and Chris. And unfortunately Nick and, and Jason and David agreed and, and we worked it all out. Um, but it also seemed quite a nice chance to get, get the Tenth Doctor involved as well and actually I'm, I'm quite keen, I like touching new series and, and classic series and again everyone was, was really for it so we, we got the scripts on board. Um, Jonathan Barnes has written for some of the more recent Jagger and Lightfoot sections. Um, he's also I'm slightly ashamed to I've just done the maths on this and I think he's done five short trips in the last year which wasn't intended at all but um <laughs> just the way it's worked out. He
0: is brilliant. He is brilliant. Can you assure listeners because I keep getting asked this at conventions uh, about a new series of Sherlock Holmes from Big Finish. They keep saying is there going to be one?
3: Well, but I know people are clamoring for it. The petitions are mounting up <laughs> online and in person. The good news is there will be a new series of Sherlock Holmes it will be a three disc box set um, kind of in the form of a Sherlock Holmes novel and I will reveal the title exclusively now which is
0: The Master of Blackstone Grange (gasps) that was my reaction Um, I can stop writing the petitions now (laughs) if you wouldn't mind yes because it's getting quite irritating 2017 short trip schedule has been adjusted to accommodate these two news stories with how to win planets and influence people starring rufus hound moving to june and flashpoint starring sheridan smith as lucy bladed miller uh moving to july
1: have to say this sounds action-packed and explosive i'm yeah, really, I'm really excited kind of so basically to sum it up the jago and lightfoot revival Act 1 will be released late March, with Act 2 coming out in April. And you can subscribe to all 12 of this or next year's Doctor Who Short Trips for thoroughly attractive prices, with bundles of both the 2016 and 2015 Short Trips releases
0: available at equally seductive rates. And there's also a little news for 2018's run of Short trip stories with Simon A. Ford's 6th Doctor and Mel Tardis fairy story mel Evelyn. see what we did there yeah. like now it. confirmed for february read of course by the lovely and brilliant bonnie langford with the limited edition collection of our three tenth doctor adventures now out of print a new release continues to make these stories available in a single purchase Hugely
1: popular since its server-breaking release last May, the 10th Doctor Adventures Volume 1 Limited Edition has now sold out on CD and is no longer available. However, for those of you still looking to buy all three stories in one go, we're pleased to announce a brand new set containing three vanilla discs. That's basically without the extras from the Limited Edition set in there. Uh, Technophobia, Time Reaver, and the award nominee Death and the Queen, all starring David Tennant and Catherine Taters, the Tenth Doctor and Donna Noble. Here's the trailer
0: Doctor Who, the Tenth Doctor Adventures.
7: What is this place?
2: Calibris. Street. Place. An entirely mechanical planet. Catch, hitch, fuel, fix, buy pretty much any kind of transportation in existence.
3: This M-pad's a massive leap in user-friendly tech. Meadow Digital's ahead of the game on the chipsets. Quadruple-core nano-circuits in a sleek, sexy designer package. Ultra-thin. Look. You're
1: talking, but it's all geek to me. Can we go? Yeah, I suppose. Help
3: me! Robots running amok.
2: Donna! We're on! Remain where you are!
6: Bex, grab my hand! Go down there, one of us needs two! I just... I can't!
2: Come on, if you're <laughs> common! Don't want to dislocate a dislocated shoulder for nothing! Do not run. We require test subjects. Ah, there it is! Vagabonds reach, tavern of taverns, most feared social environment in the galaxy. You've never been
6: up Sugar Hut on a Tuesday. You don't know everything about me. Ready? Is this the front door? They don't even
1: have bouncers. Yeah, basically, think of them all as bouncers. Doctor!
2: Oh, stay still. Watch out! Ah, oh, uh, thanks! Open the door, man,
4: stranger! Great hands! Doctor! What is happening? Doctor! I'm, I'm hanging onto your banner. and uh, There's a skeleton of,
2: around my neck. Oh! Oh, that has definitely
0: never happened before. Ah! Big finish. We love stories.
6: What are you saying? They fizzled in somehow. Like the TARDIS?
0: Yeah, Transmat from another dimension. The, the, the TARDIS doesn't fizzle. It's more of a. And that box set is available from Monday the 27th of Feb. And fans of The Tenth Doctor may like to check out the collected Tenth Doctor range on our website, which includes the recently announced Tenth Doctor Chronicles coming next year. There's also a range entitled Doctor Who, the new series to peruse. Uh, Of course, at bigfinish.com, I thank you all.
1: And there's just time to give you one last piece of Doctor Who short trips news. Nick, take it
0: away. Okay, I'm taking it. On Tuesday the 28th of Feb, the third Doctor and Joe adventure, Gardner's Worlds, will be released. It's written by George Mann. It's performed by Tim Trelaw, who many of you will know as the star of our third Doctor full cast dramas. Here's a teaser.
2: At this just in, news of a disturbance in the village of Colston Burley where locals are reporting all manner of unusual happenstance, from disappearing dogs and dustbins to the sudden arrival of a new monument on the village green. I'm told the authorities have asked everyone to remain calm and stay indoors while they investigate. Turn that thing off, will you, Joe? I have had it impossible to think with it blathering on in the background. And a good morning to you too! Joe strode into the laboratory, eyeing the TARDIS warily. Bundled cables trailed from the open door to the doctor's workbench where he was hunched over with his back to her, intent on some typically esoteric task. It might be... If only I can get this blasted, etheric recalcitrator to work. My
1: doorbell just went, if you wondered what that strange noise might have been in the background. I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. I've
0: got someone out here cutting a hedge. Have you heard that? (laughs) No, I've not, actually. I was just going to put the washing on as well. I thought, oh, no, let's not have washing (laughs) machine noises. (laughs) I was about to to get
1: my uh, flugelhorn players to sit in the same room and practice.
0: (laughs) You know, the other day when I was recording a Ninth Doctor Chronicle, There was a bit in the script that said a huge horn was blown and I was so into it. As I went along, I just was, I was, and then the huge horn. And I just went, at the top of my voice. And the other actor in the room was like, and I saw them in the control room and I only got three words into the next sentence and burst out laughing. And Wilfredo Acosta, who was the sound engineer, just came on the intercom and said, serves you right.
1: (laughs) you've got a it has to feature is, is there i take it there isn't a, a behind the scenesy bit on it obviously
0: no but i know there's no there are some interviews but i don't know whether um find i don't know way. whether that will get used find a way do. yeah it should be used shouldn't it but i'll leave that up to the producer scott hancock
2: Just but i do go everything. slightly
0: mad when i'm doing those chronicles because it's mostly me so and there's another actor, you know, you know, like or maybe Camille Kadori's C- there, you know, a famous actor. But I still go absolutely bonkers. As she just sort of stood back and looked at me like, Briggs, you've lost the plot. <laughs> Studio days a lot they're long
1: days. They're long days. <laughs> Everybody needs to, to whack the horn out now and again. <laughs> Too far. <laughs> And uh, on that rather loud uh, ending note there, that is the end of the news for this podcast. That's right. I think Nick has well and truly blown it out the water with the massive horn. It's gone. I don't know what I'm talking about.
0: (laughs) Anyway, time now for listeners' emails.
1: Love, love an email. Do you know what? Yeah. I, I said love an email. Love an email. Off. I was just saying it. It And I've written it.
0: (laughs) I know. know I'm deliberately trying to write lines that you say.
1: (laughs) (laughs) you basically just yeah. You've got me down to The narrator of
0: your life.
1: Everything. Oh, I'm quite frightened now. Now I know why I stubbed my toe this morning. Um, I didn't. Um, Love an email. Love an email. And you can join in simply by emailing us at podcast at bigfinish.com. That's podcast at bigfinish.com. So, first up, this from our old friend Alexander Basden. Hi, Nick and Benji. Thanks for your Listen Again promotion. On Wednesday, I bought and listened to the first ever purchase I made from bigfinish.com. Robophobia. Oh. Good one, well done, well done. I went into the story believing that there was no way anyone could do a sequel to a disaster story, short of having the same disaster happen again or to different people, but I was completely disproved by this story. Nicola Walker was brilliant in it, as Nick was keen to mention on the podcast and this month's Vortex, but Toby Haydoke had the standout performance, in my opinion, mainly because I had no idea he was such a good actor. Yeah, he's brilliant, brilliant. He's a dark horse, that Toby Haydoke, man of lots of talents there. Uh, Yes, so I have a quick question for Nick. Would you like to revisit the people and culture of Kaldor and surrounds in another story at some point? And if so, what type of story would you like to tell? Personally, after watching the the behind-the-scenes of Robots of Death, where they talk about how the design was inspired by the Merchant Navy, I wondered what a Kaldorian military vessel would look like.
0: or a Kaldorian military vessel would look like. I wonder what a Caldorian military vessel would look like. Acting notes
1: come for free. Seamless, seamless. <laughs> they'll, they'll never know.
0: There's a bit more of this email.
1: I oh, know I was I was leaving a gap for you
0: to to answer. Oh, to answer the question. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it was interesting. The reason that it's just not not just a reworking of Robots of Death is entirely down to the talents and imagination of Alan Barnes, the script editor, uh, because he outlined for me, he said, it's got to be the reverse of what happened in Robots of Death. It can't be a rerun, you know. And uh, he inspired me with that, and he said, you've got to call it Robophobia, because that's a brilliant title. And I agreed with him, so uh, that's all down to him. Yeah, Now, interesting revisiting it and doing a, a military thing. Well, there's a thing that that sound is my brain whirring. Mm. <laughs> that sounded like a tricorder from Star Trek. That was the door. You have to do the Is that, that your only Star Trek noise? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I wish I could. And, oh. and the phaser charging thing that goes. Ooh, that was a good one. Or, yeah. That was a good one. Anyways, yes, I was fascinated with Star Trek sound effects. I, I remember I bought the tape. There was a tape of Star Trek sound effects, a cassette tape. Marvellous.
1: I love it. I do love the sounds in it. I have to, I have to say, hats off to you, Briggs, for uh, recommending I get into the original series of Star Trek because it is stunning. It is Absolutely it's great, stunning, it? yeah. And I
0: know you're such a nostalgia hound, you'd absolutely lap it up. Of course, now you can't, you can only watch it with the CG versions of the, um,
1: yeah, that's the space stuff effects. like that. I don't like, I, I, I get really upset when, when yeah. sort of, you know, it, yeah,
0: it I think they're pretty good. I think they've done them pretty well,
1: they've done it well, but you know, it's, it's not it's not rubbish and it's not how it was you know
0: it's you I wanted it to be rubbish I, I lo- you want I lo- there to be hard matting lines around yeah, the enterprise.
1: I like I like that you know it, it, for me that that is what it's all about I, I like to yeah. see, because even though you know by today's standards it isn't what you can do with CGI I like it because that's how it was and that's what it is and that's what people did that kind of intrigues me but, um, yes, I should probably carry on with this email. Do um, please. Uh, he says, looking forward to living the Doctor's further adventures in Doom Coalition 1, 2, 3, and 3, which I bought on Wednesday. Uh, I, c- I can say one thing, uh, Alexander. Uh, when you talk about the people and the culture of Kaldor, um, if you, as you go through the Doom Coalition stuff, while whilst it doesn't visit Kaldor, you do get a lot of notes and hints and you learn a lot more about about Kaldor and, and Liv uh, uh, as you go throughout that, bo- that box set. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's worth, a, worth mm. a go, and I hope you enjoy it. And he leaves here, so Alexander leaves here on the note, uh, P.S., as I'm skipping over Dark Eyes and going straight from Robophobia to The Eleven, brackets Doom Coalition, is there anything I need to know about what happens to Liv in the intervening stories?
0: I think that it's all pretty much covered in Doom Coalition. I think you get to know everything you need to know. Although I would say, why are you skipping over Dark Eyes? <laughs> I mean, I know that Absent Friends in Doom Coalition has just recently won a uh, BBC audio drama award, and deservedly so. Wonderful, story. well done to all of you, including you, Penji. Have oh, you been? Thank you. You've been sent a certificate or I something?
1: I have. Yes, me? it's it's up there. I'm gazing at it right now. So oh, it's oh, rather lovely. lovely. But I, th- I think it's. Uh, the, the story for me is my my god, the writing is so emotional. It's such a wonderful, it's a brilliant movie. work by John. Oh, Darwin, it's yeah. fantastic in the performances. It's smashing. Dark Eyes is direction. wicked
0: as well, though. Dark Eyes. Uh, is- well, that's what I was just going on to immodestly mention. Wow. <laughs> because in the second Dark Eyes box set, I, we brought back in Livchenko, which I think was David Richardson's idea because he thought she'd just been so brilliant in Robophobia, and I, I wrote her return in as well. And then you know, left her to other writers. So it was, it was a sort of emotional time for me, you know, because I'd created Livchenka, Nikola's character, and off she flies in other directions, you know. But Nikola's got such a, uh, her performance is so defining of the role. It's like oh, anyone can write it, and it it's true to the character. You know? I
1: really like, I, I really like uh, Livchenka, especially with the Eighth Doctor, actually, because it's just, I I've, I really, I really feel. Uh, their relationship like their friendship together I trust I trust her implicitly you know and I think the Doctor does as well there's that really nice kind of they work well together, and, and with Helen
0: Wouldn't as well. Wouldn't it be awful if you found out that, you know, every now and again she was getting a little crystal out of her pocket and staring up to the ceiling and talking to the Black Guardian. <laughs> 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 what a revelation. were well, the, the other things that Livchenko was up to. Yeah. Anyway, look, OK, here's, here's one from Aniron Hunt. Dear Benji and the Briggs, I have been listening to the podcast for a while. What, this one? It's not gone on that long. Uh, the first big finish I came across... Was in the Davros collection box set. Ah, the DVDs. Ah, mm. oh, you fell into my trap. That's why I arranged to do that with 2 Entertain. <laughs> Though I didn't know that until years later, forward slash typo, full stop. <laughs> Magic. Right. Uh, you, Your constant chatter about death to the Daleks. Constant, <laughs> constant chatter. Constant twittering on Baka <laughs> you, uh, made me. There's so many people at Gallifrey who wanted me to tell them to buck up. It's become really? quite a catchphrase, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, and then when you do it, they look terrified because they don't realise how loudly and aggressively I do it. So I go, "Buck up!" And buck they up. sort of look at me like, "Oh my goodness, don't shout."
1: I think the other, the other fun thing is if you're on Twitter and you say anything, if if you're annoyed at anything on Twitter, you're guaranteed yeah. somebody will reply and say, "Tell them to buck up." <laughs> like, like tripped over a, a wonky paving slab. Tell it to buck up.
0: <laughs> anyway, yes, our constant chat about Death of the Daleks a uh, maid's uh, an iron, get around to watching it for the first time. Oh man, yeah. Now you see, I don't know what to make of this. I, I get quite, I, I might get quite cross. <laughs> <laughs> I like it better than Planet of the Daleks, which I found boring. <laughs> what? Oh, However. Story. I don't, if watching it all at once, I don't know if watching it all sorry, he's missed out a word here and it's tripping me up. However, I don't know if watching it all at once almost immediately after Frontier in Space, which I loved, made a difference. I think it probably did. As for Day of the Daleks, it, it's a much more typical Pertwee story. The interesting thing about Day of the Daleks is that it's the Dalek voices that mess it up. And luckily, I've put that right. <laughs> I bucked it up. Another day's uh, work by Mr Briggs there. Because it's a great story, Day of the Daleks. Uh, anyway, still, here are some questions, colon. he's done a colon as well as writing, colon. If you could only watch one Doctor Who story for the rest of your life, what, and do nothing else, <laughs> what would it be? What's your answer to that? Oh, that's a really... That is a really difficult one. For the yeah. rest of my life...
1: Yeah. Um, only one. Only one. I would say. Oh, it's a. T- I, I think. I'm gonna go with, actually with Planet of the Daleks as a complete shocker there because it's because it's what I re- what I remember growing up. I remember that I I had it on on an old VHS tape, oh, and yeah, I and yeah. I used to love it because you get a lot of bang for your buck. And what yeah, I yeah. what I mean for that is that you can you can put it on and it, it lasts a long time and you get a lot of Dalek action, you get a lot of Doctor action, you get a lot of Joe Grant, you get a lot of moving about back and forth, and I kind of like that. So I, I think there's enough going on with it that that it would keep me happy. Um, I, I yeah, it's it's not the most exciting of answers, but it's one that I as I, I'm
0: very excited by it.
1: Yeah, I, it's I would say. I'm speaking to the the younger Benji here because I, that was what I just loved that story was just for me darling yeah. mania how about yourself yeah. Mr. Briggs?
0: well yes I have you know can you imagine I saw I saw it in nineteen seventy three um what would I say I can only narrow it down obviously death to the Daleks <laughs>
1: oh God yeah well that that was oh, the well, obvious
0: it's... choice so I was trying to <laughs> um, uh, revenge of the Cybermen, another one that people hate that I love um also those seeds of doom yeah seeds of doom and the Arc in space i somehow think if i mean i love john pertwee's doctor i really do i think it's john pertwee's best ever performance in anything when he played the doctor and i've uh, i i fell out with uh his doctor when i was when he left the series because he said in the newspapers that he hated the daleks and they spun it that they almost spun it that that was the reason he was leaving which of course it wasn't um but for years, I kind of resented him for that, being a great, you know, enthusiast about the Daleks. And uh, it probably even affected my attitude towards him on the occasions I met him. I was like, you don't like Daleks, what's the matter with you? you know. um, but he's a brilliant doctor. But I would say that I think if you're going to be stuck with one doctor for all time, I think, you know, certainly in the classic era, Tom Baker is the most multifaceted and interesting and, and I don't know there's something about his utter madness is, is um, beautiful and, and that whole thing of the way Tom is just believes it all you know Tom when he was doing it he just believes it you know um, so the the Ark in Space or the Seeds of Doom I'm narrowing it down to Ark in Space is such a cracking bit arc of writing Ark in Space yeah and Tom is so brilliant in it it's such an unselfconscious conscious Performance, you know, I love, I love the fact that he's feeling his way and just grinning a lot. <laughs>
1: I love but, it, that. but it works. It's, it, yeah. it works so well. Those, I love that that whole uh, series with Tom is just gold. Absolute telly gold. Yeah. If if I could, yeah, I'd watch that whole series on repeat because it would just make me happy forever. But well,
0: there you are, and I, and that's our answers to that. I don't expect you expect us both to talk quite so much (laughs) Uh, have you ever considered uh, says continues an iron having an audio drama that having audio dramas that are much longer 10 hours plus (laughs) this could be something completely unique I don't think I think less is more you know I mean I remember when I was editing uh, Minuet in Hell the the Eight. Nine, the Eighth Doctor story. I'm just having a number crisis
2: there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nine, nine, um And it, it, was, it was overwritten because it was rewritten in a hurry. And, uh, and we discovered in studio that we were having such difficulty uh, finishing it. We actually had to, we, we grabbed all Paul McGann's scenes because we could see the way it was going and uh, that we were running out of time. And then we remounted with everyone else, including Nick Courtney, because the Brigadier was in that one. And, uh, and still we nearly ran out of time. And then when I was editing it, it just became clear that it was not going to fit on the CDs by several country miles. <laughs> Episode one was 45 minutes. So it was meant wow. to be 25 and I thought, if every episode is forty-five minutes, that that just isn't going to work. And 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 they were looking lot, so I I cut a lot of it. So what I'm saying is, you know, things and it, and it was it it benefited from being cut. I mean, that said, I mean, you know, how long is uh, Dark Eyes? How long is Doom Coalition? Does that count as one drama? I was, you know, those exactly are quite long dramas. But thinking. if you're talking about one play that goes on for ten hours, a that would be. If it came as one chunk, that would be quite difficult for people to download. <laughs> it'd be, it'd it would really be crazy. Cold forever.
1: I think with with audio drama, it's all about the attention span as well. I, I know for for myself that if it go if it starts to go over an hour, um, I'm really going to struggle with kind of keeping really engaged
0: with something without having a break. I think for it to be really long, it would have to have so many different facets and the facets would have to be so different. It would almost be like saying the entire Sixth Doctor range, you know, 10 hours worth of that. And that we can, that's fine because it's loads of different stories. So I think that, yeah, if you were telling a story that had loads of different elements in it, you probably be telling a collection of stories you see what i mean so doing i don't know what he means by a 10 hour drama maybe it's because like the we've, sixth we've doctor, done hundreds of hours you know
1: the sixth doctor drives in real time to dundee <laughs> in, a, in an old rover metro and <laughs> so that's drama so mostly just <laughs>
0: yeah,
3: burp, burp, burp.
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> carrot juice get out the way um get yeah. out of the way back up back up <laughs>
0: Yeah. oh now what does an email need to make the cut into the podcast well whatever it needs and you've got it it's you know it needs a mention of death to the, to the daleks entry the tragedy criteria, i right? can't say it even though i love it death to the daleks early on in the email will always catch my <laughs> attention so people will just be putting it in there randomly now oh what about yeah? also us a story set in new zealand Uh, would you make any stories with Bilal as the companion to the fourth doctor
2: that way leads to death
1: I just any excuse to have Bilal back for a story would just be the greatest
0: well we ought to look up Arnold Yarrow and see if he's still up for it Uh, could speed cubing feature in a story and he's put a YouTube link to someone doing a Rubik's Cube really fast I'm saying no but you know I wouldn't rule anything out. Also would you do a commentary for death to the dales he said as a death podcast. To- I think he messed out the K. Death, to, death, death Dale. to the Dales. Yeah that's sort of people rampaging around Yorkshire.
3: Death to these dales.
0: <laughs> yeah, death to the dales. <laughs> <laughs> lastly would you consider having a segment for discussion of things that aren't big finish in addition to the death to the dalek segment <laughs> it's not really a segment it's just us going off topic we did discuss star trek today we did and with... to be quite frank yeah if you write in about something irrelevant we're we're bound to go on about it
3: you know
1: now, as soon I as i re- saw a story set in new zealand i got my, my mind was straight on whirls of gummage down under right there <laughs> absolutely
3: yes
0: have you got the box set of that or something? You're damn right I do, boy. Oh, right. Mm, There you go. Um, Aniran has has signed his name, and then there's some strange symbols underneath. So I think Anaran, you owe us an explanation of what they are. Do you know what they are, Benji? Squiggles. They look like sort of (laughs) runes.
1: Exelon-y writing. The O certainly looks Exelon. Hmm. Well, there we go. I mean.
3: He is to
0: be sacrificed. <laughs> 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 and Amaran has included some lovely pictures, including uh, a Rubik's Cube with the Death of the Daleks DVD and several screenshots that I'm just going to w- look at for a moment because they make my heart sing. The starting sequence uh, with Death to the Daleks written on it. Just looking at that
1: brings back so many memories of growing up. I just up. want to go and watch it now.
0: Yeah. Oh, God, yes. Let's Forget the podcast. I'm going to watch Death to the Daleks. Yeah. There's John Pertwee just saying, stop, don't move. Looks like he's Bilal. stroking Bilal. <laughs> yeah, well, it's him putting his hand up. Stop, don't move. Stop, don't move. And then, and then there's the, uh, the Exelon who turns to dust when they go in the control room watching Bilal and the Doctor in one of the identical sets. And the doctor patting Bilal on the shoulder, or actually saying to uh, Arnold Yarrow, Move to your left. Move to <laughs> your left, you idiot. Back up Oh, my foot. You fool. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Marvelous. let's so have another email. Okay,
1: then, so let's pull an email out the email hat. Uh, and this one's from Anthony Zahetna, our good hey. old friend Anthony. Nick and Benji. Sounds like he's, he's going to have a chat. Nick, Benji, sit down. I've always thought that the title Four to Doomsday refers to Four Travellers, brackets The Doctor, Adric, Nissa, and Tegan. Uh, yeah, because we were
0: discussing this, weren't we? What's we were. the pause, like four boring episodes? Surprisingly, four days.
1: Surprisingly good answer, actually. Yeah, I, yeah
0: but I think it's four days. Anyway.
1: My death to the Dalek story. Oh, it's just happiness in, a, in, a, in an email. In high school... Our English teacher asked us to record a poem over some background music. My friend chose the Exelon Control Room soundtrack from my Doctor Who sound effects LP. I'm not sure any poetry works with all the whirs and the clicks.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, still, it's better than Meta Bee, this three
0: soundscape. Oh, okay, yeah, that... I got this, <laughs> yes, very good. I got this
1: great video I did a few years ago. Of, I, I can't even remember why I did it. There was some reason. I, it was just me running through the woods. Uh, and I just, I just turned the, the picture blue, added that in the background... Did a quick shot of a, a snake and boom, met me the um, I used
0: the um, the Zygon control room noise in a children's workshop I ran years and years ago.
1: No. Yeah, yeah. But this sounds to me like, I want to go to that high school. That sounds great, yeah, doesn't it? That's good. You man. know, excellent poetry. I mean, what more do you want? <laughs> so yeah, Anthony, you're practically winning at life. Um, yeah, so PS, uh, this, this one goes out to, uh, to Nick. I liked your performance in the B7 media production of iRobot, though I'm not sure if I can mention the competition.
0: <laughs> of course you can. Yes, uh, Andrew Mark Sewell, who runs B7 Media, uh, was directing that uh, Radio 4 play, and he asked me to come and play Cutie, uh, which he now calls me in all his emails.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Everyone hey, we're
0: flirting. <laughs> uh, but, but I can say that we're not. No, definitely not. Categorically, um, we're not. But thank you, thank you Anthony. Um, you know, it's not true that we only have emails from people who've written in before. But, you know, the people who've written in before have kind of got the knack, haven't they? But, I, yes, so apologies for... for Uh, you know if you've not written in before or not had your email included before don't think you don't have a chance i'll make an effort to use some new names but anyway here we go to contradict that we had to include this one from podcast regular melvin peña uh hello nick and benji i've really started to look forward to the now semi-regular death to the (laughs) daleks segment of the podcast do you see what makes me choose an email i looked up a couple of the most quoted lines in the target novelization and was deeply disappointed as you can see in the attached image Terence Dix rewrote both. That way leads to death, and stop don't move. <laughs> I know, blooming Terence. I'm gonna Shaker. have a word with him next time I see him. Although they no longer have the same cadence, I would like to hear your impressions of the edited dialogue for comparison. Okay, oh, let's go it's down. Sounds good. It's be good. Said so, Bilal gave a hiss of alarm, and he says, "That way lies death."
3: That's not
0: good. Can you do that? Sounds. He sounds like he's sort of tempt like like some villain they say, that way lies death They say "Huh, that way lies death why would he not say that way Lisa maybe that was the line and the actor forgot it also uh, the doctor says hurried across it but the doctor held him back stay where you are <laughs> not stop don't move stay where you are <laughs> stay where that would never have worked as an episode ending would it <laughs> stay where you are because where you are safe... is nice
2: and d- that's the end of the episode
0: it doesn't command you does it
1: yeah. all i know so. is though from now on if if ever i i'm i'm in a situation where i'm slightly i'm slightly worried i'm going to give out a, a little hiss of alarm <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> marvelous stuff though cheers Sounds sending like you're letting that in your t- tires down um also, I wanted to weigh in on David Warner's performance in last year's Benny Unbound box set, which was one of the best things among many that Big Finish released in 2016. I was re-watching Star Trek The Next Generation two-parter Chain of Command the other day. It is widely remembered for the intense There are four lights torture sequence featuring David Warner and Patrick Stewart. I know people make unsolicited suggestions all the time, but just imagine reuniting Warner and Stewart in a future Unbound box set think the likelihood of getting patrick stewart <laughs> to accept the pay rates of a big finish are <laughs>
2: fairly slim uh,
0: anyway but i'd love to work with patrick stewart you know he was one of the examiners on when i did my drama degree really patrick yeah, he, god blimey well he wasn't particularly famous then he was just some actor from the rsc he'll love me for saying that no he'll never wear a big finish (laughs) oh I remember seeing when I was sitting there for my assessment uh, uh, I think he asked one question but I just saw this shining bald head in the darkness anyway (laughs) finally a more reasonable suggestion perhaps I can say that because I'm bald but I'd love for big finish to produce a Tom Baker at 80 this is Colin Baker call me Jack style conversation with David Warner at some point keep up the great work Melvin Pena I would say Melvin that uh, every time I've interviewed David Warner he always goes, "I've got nothing to say." Of course, he's got loads to say, but he's always very sort of um, grumpy about the idea of doing an interview in a in an avuncular way. Because I do love David Tabet; he's a lovely man. But it's, oh, I don't, I don't know. It's like when you ask him to do an accent, he goes, "I don't do that." <laughs> <laughs> so when I got him to play Cuthbert in the Fourth Doctor Adventures. I said you're from the north Surely you can do a northern accent He said I, I, don't, don't, I don't do that you know, <laughs> and, uh, and I said uh, and, and someone reminded me That uh, when he last did a northern accent The director and he had a pact Which was to say For the director before every take To say E by gum E by gum <laughs> To remind him And so I used to do that And he'd go E by gum And then go into the line It worked very well Goodness me
1: Man's a legend though The man is a living legend so, yes, so thanks to everyone who's been sending in the emails. A real batch of high-quality entertainment in our inboxes, and that's for sure. Mm-hmm. So keep them coming. And, uh, well, that's the flipping end of the flipping emails. So, stay where you are.
3: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: the email. Stay where you are. I don't think I could top it with <laughs> Stay where you are.
0: Stay where <laughs>
1: That me- way lies death. Oh, no. That way lies... No, it's... That... <laughs> it's like some horrible sort of... Some horrible alternative reality where everything is not as good as it should be.
0: Exactly. So, stay where you are. That way lies death.
1: Um, uh, yeah, so that's the end of the emails. To be
0: or don't bother. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is the answer. Um, yeah, so there we go. Goodbye emails. If I had a guitar, I'd write you a song. But I don't.
0: Time now for our guest star interview. During the recording for our upcoming Doctor Who short trips release, the Jago and Lightfoot Revival Act One, which also marks the 40th anniversary of Jago and Lightfoot's first appearance in the Talons of Wing Chiang tonight on BBC One, I had the good fortune to chat with the stars themselves. Christopher, 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 <laughs> <and> Christopher. <laughs> I turned into some sort of alien insect. <laughs> Christopher Benjamin and Trevor Baxter. You can hear my chat with Trevor in next week's podcast. But in the meantime, here's Christopher Benjamin, splendid fellow. So, uh, Christopher, welcome to the Big Finish podcast. Yeah, thank you. Um, can you just briefly tell me what you're doing here today?
5: uh Well, this is for us, for Trevor and me, it's something new. It's called the. Uh Jago and Lightfoot revised or something, or revisited or revisioned Uh, or something. This
0: is a short trip, isn't it? It's
5: a short trip. And it's not, you know, we don't have other actors around to play with. It's just us two again. A bit like the very first one, the Mahogany Murderers. Oh
0: yes, that's that's a bit similar, isn't it? We were just
5: chatting and remembering things and we're doing this again here.
0: Lovely.
5: I'm not ashamed to admit that I was as happy as a buttered halibut while I got your telegram. Just like old times, I thought, the intrepid investigators back in harness again. My laboratory is in the basement of the St. Thomas' Hospital, in a room made available to the Metropolitan Police by the hospital trustees. The walls and the floor are tied in white porcelain. All the better to wipe the blood off. face. i just finished with the body of a man who'd been run over by a hansom cab in the Strand, when two policemen arrived with a handcart. There was a body on the handcart, beneath a stained sheet. I became aware, after a while, of a strange smell drifting along the alleyways and thankfully obscuring the stench of the river and the rotting vegetation. I followed that smell all through the alleys and along the wharf to a small warehouse set back from the river.
1: I decided that it was a mystery
5: of rather bizarre proportions. And that's when I thought of you, Jago. We are more than colleagues. We are the very closest of friends. We have defeated dangerous denizens of the demonic darkness together, investigated infernal incidents, cracked complex conundrums. And we have had dinner together on the other occasion. Looks like we have our work cut out for us, eh, Professor?
8: Indeed we do.
0: <laughs> um, now, there are three main questions I ask people for the podcast.
8: Yeah? Yeah.
0: Uh, and the first one's really self-indulgent. I don't remember the answer to it at all myself. Do you remember when we first met?
5: No, no. I, I think it was probably at a convention. Actually, do you think somewhere like Birmingham? Do you I know, think that's I, that's. I think so.
0: Yeah. Yes, I remember us all sitting
5: round. Because although we done, you, I, I knew your name as a producer of the show and a big cheese at Big Finish. I hadn't actually met you for, until quite well in and. I think that was at a convention in Birmingham.
0: Okay but that answer satisfies me because you used the phrase big cheese. Oh did yeah, I? Yeah. What's that got to do with it? <laughs> calling me a big cheese is just yeah. marvellously flattering. Now have you ever listened to any of the Big Finish audios? Well no because I, I'm
5: not, oh, oh the audios, mm. well um no I haven't really. It's because I'm so unsure of myself and uh, I, and uh, and uh, I don't quite approve of what I hear. Uh, yeah. You know, are your harshest
0: but critic, are you? Your own harshest. Critic.
5: Well, I'd rather just uh, think
0: I'm doing all right than listen to it and think. Oh God! I mean, it's too late to change now. You know? Yes. <laughs> Have you ever listened to any other ones with other people in? No. Okay, because yeah, the the question I normally ask is. I don't get free ones. The other ones, do you? Oh, uh, I see. And yeah. uh, what you're saying is, you're not prepared to pay. Isn't no, they? no. Yes? Oh, no. I I ask people what's tingling their molecules about Big Finish at the moment so that's that question oh I see yeah Yeah, really because you haven't heard no no okay um what about generally in entertainment of any kind you know uh tv film theater a book or piece of music whatever what what is particular what are you particularly enjoying at the moment a little snapshot of what's
5: well, I, I, I vary my reading, and at the moment I'm reading a Michael Connolly uh, thriller, the uh, detective Bosch, the Los Angeles police. I enjoy. It. I've read most of his stuff, all the Bosch things. I haven't watched the TV show, which is now spawned from it. So I'm enjoying that. I'm also reading a wonderful book about the artists of Great Bardfield which is a village in Essex, which spawned a whole, a whole lot of artists, went up there uh, just before, joined the war and some were still there until about 1970. And it's absolutely fascinating because I'm a great fan of Eric Ravilious. Trevor and I went to a Revilius exhibition at Dulwich Picture Gallery, and we've been fans ever since, you know. Really? Yeah, and he's one of the great Bardfield painters.
0: Uh, the, by the way, uh, Trevor and you, are you do, you do socialise then? Oh,
5: every now and then, yeah, yeah. Oh. yes we usually go somewhere we're going to go to Dulwich again because that's handy for Trevor to get to and they've got a very nice calf and a lovely picture gallery where the next one we're going to see is Vanessa Vanessa uh, what's it Vanessa Stevens huh? Vanessa Clive Bell Cl- Vanessa Bell <laughs> that's right she uh, she I think is a best of the Bloomsburyite painters uh, maybe that's uh, unintelligent thing to say, but I think she she's a really lovely artist, who spent so much of her time looking after all the people living in Charleston, including three three rather noisy boys. I think there were three, two or three. Uh, she didn't really give herself time to paint, and when she did, they're lovely paintings. Yeah. So we're looking forward to that.
0: What about anything on television? Or yeah, yeah, I love yeah, television. Yeah. What are you watching at the moment? Oh, I watch too much.
5: Well, I sh- I started watching. Well, I'm going to continue watching, my wife's given it up straight away. Um, the thing about it, the Germans occupying London. Oh, yes. Gestapo, sir. because I, my wife gave it up because the main character seems to have got laryngitis. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know it's, what you mean. It's, it's
5: this new mumbling thing on television. And he just talks like that, you see. But I don't mind because I always watch with subtitles anyway because I'm deaf. I d- well, when yeah. I
0: put the subtitles on. Yeah, for that, Lord, we need to. I couldn't nobody, understand. Nobody, why nobody
5: could. Un- no, I mean, oh. they're all talking about it. Radio Four this morning on today program. Why do? I know I won't go into it. But
0: why do they do it? I don't know. I tell you one of the problems. You know, yeah, I'm 55 now, and I know my oh he- my <laughs> You're
5: you're just a little bit older than my youngest. Oh yes,
0: <laughs> well. I think the problem is, and they keep saying this, that television is made by 20 year olds and it's mostly watched by 40 and 50 year olds and older. And that's the problem, that yes. uh, as you're, even if you haven't got noticeable hearing loss, no. you start to find it difficult when there's a lot of background noise. Yes. And I've lost, oh, yeah. yes, I've lost sure. a lot of my mid frequencies, which oh, funny enough you? are where the Daleks are.
3: Yes. Uh, and yes. I've been
0: doing all that shouting yes. And, yes. Uh, and that in headphones, and yes. that has slightly, and I've been told that it's, it won't be as easy for me to differentiate between foreground and background frequencies. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I found it difficult, but I just put yeah. the subtitles straight on.
5: I do, I do for everything really now. And uh, I mean, I'd lost my hearing riding a motorbike. Ah.
0: Do you ride a motorbike? No, no. I, I did do when I was much yeah. younger.
5: But, but uh, for years I rode it, but never put earplugs in. And then I read in some magazine, you know, when I, when I was about 70, you should always put earplugs in, but <laughs> by that time I was deaf. <laughs>
0: I remember you arriving here. in your Yeah I used rivers, to come here yeah? and it, I, 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 when
5: I got to 80 I gave it up and I immediately felt 90. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I did
7: I, I gave yeah. up
5: I, I no longer sit on my bike and, and you ride and as soon as you ride a motorbike you're free as air you know you're in your own little world it's a lovely feeling but on the other hand I suppose I was getting more and more in danger of just falling off. Yeah.
0: Be- so best yeah, to stop. I got out like while
5: I was still alive.
0: Yes. What about, have you been to uh, the cinema recently? Seen any movies? How,
5: oh, um, no, no, haven't. Theatre? Yeah, we went to see uh, The First Night of Travesties.
0: Oh, yes, the Stop Art, is The Stop Art, the
5: stop art yeah. yes. And uh, it, uh, I saw it first in 1970 something at the Aldrich, and mm. I couldn't make head or tail of it. <laughs> and I, I still couldn't, but this very, production very clever, is so it? well weighted between funny business. And, and and they bring out a lot of coarse humour and and you know all the very clever witticisms and things you know most of them sail over one's head but uh, I, I understood it a bit more this time than I did when I first saw it and enjoyed it more.
0: Was it in the 70s because I saw it years and years ago it was about 77 was it a national in production? 77
5: at the Aldrich wow. and John Wood played the main part and the best the, the stand-up performance in that was Tom Bell as as Joyce and he was brilliant but in this production they were all brilliant and what's his name plays Rev you know
0: oh I do know who you mean yeah
5: well what? you're we're both suffering yeah, from the yeah, same yeah, yeah. <laughs> well he pl- he played the main part and he he was wonderful and Tom Hollander Tom Hollander that's it. it's just come and to so happen. it was much funnier yeah as well as being massively intelligently witty <laughs> Yeah. oh
0: that's brilliant
5: and uh, and the audience were very good although most of them were were laughing to show how clever they were (laughs) that's what one always suspects yeah yeah
0: anything else floating about tingling your molecules or yeah we're
5: going to we're going to Florence uh, in the middle of March because our younger daughter plays uh, the violin and and viola de gamba she's a early music specialist and the lirone and things like that and she and her husband who's also a musician are playing in a concert in one of the marvellous big churches in Florence and so we're groupies beautiful. we're following them around
0: <laughs> oh that's beautiful but yeah. well, it's always a pleasure to chat I'll let you go and yeah. have your tea oh now. yes yes it's
5: lovely I must do, have you had one now I'm gonna have mine yeah. now too. oh well anyway have a nice time you're gonna to
0: talk to Trev now I will do in a minute oh, yes mm. yeah Cheers. cheers Many thanks to Chris for chatting. And don't forget, it'll be Trevor Baxter's turn, lightfoot himself, in next week's Big Finish podcast. Well, that's a clever little touch there, going
1: from one to the... I like it. Do
0: you see? I didn't do them both together, you see, because otherwise Trevor talks and Chris goes... (laughs) He's talking all the time, isn't he? (laughs) So, yeah, actually, uh, Christopher's interview was slightly longer than uh, Trevor's. Mm. Unbelievably, yeah.
1: And if you've not heard uh, any Jago and Lightfoot stuff, get in there, because it's smashing. Smashing. Smashing, smashing. Yes, yes. So now, Nick, it's time for the Randomoid Electrotron.
0: Benji, explain what the Randomoids Electrotron is.
1: I most certainly can do that for you, sire. It is basically a... Um, Oh, it is impressive. Just double-checking it wasn't written down. Uh, yeah, it's basically, uh, we, we pluck a random Big Finish release from the archive. Uh, we have a little machine to do that for us, and then we... Hannah Newman. Hannah
0: Newman created it.
1: Hannah Newman did create it. She really is the master of, uh, of random releases. And yeah, so we pluck one out, see what it's all about, have a bit of a chin wag. that's a chat... <laughs> and uh, and we will
0: then presumably stop talking about it and carry on with something else. So yeah, I'm clicking beautifully the button uh, <laughs> Yeah, beautifully explained, um, yeah. And also, uh, Hannah often has put a, a gif on her site uh, to amuse us. Is there anything new, or are we still with uh, Stop, Don't Move?
1: We have got... We're, we're on e- excessive grouting again. We're, we're back with that well, it hasn't excessive ch- hasn't grouting on yet, on the, hasn't oh yeah that's
0: right that was the good, last one good, good bit of uh, excessive grouting on the tiles in Death of the Daleks that t- stop the Daleks from going everywhere.
4: excessive grouting <laughs> that's
0: why you should always
1: uh, make sure your tiles are suitably okay Dalek-fied. so come on what, what
4: have we got oh, I'm, doing, I'm doing it
0: so we are in there now it's Blake 7 2.3 <laughs> mindset mindset well I don't know too much about Blake 7 Who's it written by? So, this one is written by uh, Jacqueline Rayner, directed
1: ah. by Lisa Bauman, and it stars Paul Darrow, Michael Keating, Jan
0: Chappell, Stephen... It's Chappell, not Chappell.
1: Chappell. <laughs> no, I'm not, it's not spelt weirdly. Is it one
0: word, Mindset? I can't find it. Yeah, I've got it. It's one word, yeah.
1: Yeah, Mindset. Yes, Paul Darrow,
0: Michael Keating, Jan Chappell, Stephen
1: Pacey, Tom Chadburn... Alistair Locke and Jeffrey Breton.
0: yeah very nice great cast here's the trailer
7: hello
4: ah, ah. Grant just concentrate on keeping hold of my hand keep hold I can't
0: I'm slipping hold on Grant
5: ah. coming soon from Big Finish Productions
0: I know what Dana was looking for
3: there was a connection a thread running through every search she had Orek make.
2: A name. My name is Reno. Where are you? On the planet Kog and stranded. I'd almost given up hope of rescue. Then I felt a mind reaching out.
4: Yours. I have friends. Villa.
1: I'm being punished. That's what it is. Punished.
2: Tarrant. I wonder what happened to Dana. I'll never know now. Grant. Never liked water. Never liked swimming, even as a
4: kid. Did I drown? I'm not sure. You, Avon?
2: We are friends.
4: Good friends.
2: Blake Seven. Mindset. We understand each other.
6: Yes, we do.
5: Big Finish. We love stories.
0: Brilliant work from Blake Seven, and this is an ideal opportunity to uh, mention that there's loads more Blake Seven coming up from Big Finish. There's been a bit of a sort of hiatus. There were some issues to do with the rights and stuff, but all that's fine. Uh, we never lost the rights or anything it was just uh getting everything in place and then for john ainsworth to take over as producer and uh and to do with cast availability as well so everything's lovely and there's loads more stuff coming up this year and announcements will be made well you know certainly not today but
3: uh let them down down gently
0: (laughs) um Paul Darrow, lovely fellow. Um, I remember spending some time next to him at a big Finnish day convention. And uh, he's really great with the fans. Stephen Pacey. I remember him coming in to do um, The Zygon That Fell to Earth, mm. w- where he played a, um, a rock star who was, in fact, a Zygon, who would sort of got used to his human ex- um, existence. Lovely man. Very good singer. He sings a song in that um, production as well. The Zygon Who Fell to Earth by Paul Mars. look at this place. Fizzy water, linen tablecloths, cut crystal. I thought you said Auntie Pat didn't amount to much.
2: I'm just as amazed as you.
0: It is marvellous to see you again. Hideous fetus-like warlords from the deepest, murkiest fathoms of space. Ah! Doctor!
4: (laughs) Enough! Why won't you die, and a snows back there Ow.
1: what the hell was that a giant sea monster
6: of course okay. we have succeeded
2: in unleashing the bar
0: I've seen this before who are they they're called the Zygons
6: very distinguished music industry people music industry
2: <laughs> oh my god
0: Michael Keating whose great passion is walking you know um, hiking um keeps himself very young and fit with all that Tom Chadburn as well i worked with him on um, a Sarah Jane adventure we
2: did you know, um, Sarah Jane Smith Sarah, you've only met this Will Sullivan once and now you're travelling halfway around the world to visit him
6: I'm going to see how Munro and his team are spending Aunt Lavinia's money visiting Will while I'm there is a happy coincidence, that's all
1: Nikita Bass, this is Echo Romeo 79 Er, out of McMurdo How's your weather? Over. Good landing conditions at present. Be advised, the situation is
4: deteriorating.
1: Jack's coming into land.
3: He's bringing two visitors with
4: him.
1: One is Sarah Jane Smith, who helped sponsor
2: this study. Why didn't you mention
1: they were coming
0: earlier? I wish you hadn't come, Sarah.
2: What? You invited me,
6: remember?
0: Yes, but you couldn't have picked a worse time to arrive. Munro took a swing at me. I think he's cracking up. He's been getting increasingly paranoid since the others left. No doubt Sullivan told you how he got that black
6: eye. Well, to be fair, it took some coaxing.
0: I'm sorry I hit him. He's not the real troublemaker. It's that woman.
4: on? A few holes in the ground don't get people excited what we found beneath the ice that could change the world what is your problem problem why should i have a problem you've been giving me grief since we first met
2: you're jealous are you you and morgan This is stupid no of stara and me i don't know what you're talking about
6: look if you're trying to frighten me you're doing a
2: pretty good job make this thing go any faster. I'm trying, say that again. Watch, try harder. Hello?
6: Is someone there? Josh? Will?
0: The others have gone. Not him on It's just you and me now, Sarah. Whatever you do,
1: don't come to Antarctica. It isn't safe for you here, Sarah?
0: Just come out, outside the door It makes it sound like I live on a, an estate Doesn't it But it's a lady who does the gardening here mm. She's going to look in here in a minute And thinking Why am I talking into a strange replica of my beard Because I've, I've got my fuzzy pop shield I
1: have to admit The, the, yeah. the colours are, are very very similar actually
0: They are Yeah, it, all, That's why people always laugh In the interview sections Crystal D thought it was hilarious I can imagine she you know, was, She was just giggling like a fool Uh <laughs> just pointing at my beard and at the pot shield and a kind of how come they're both the same sort of way. <laughs> uh, also, uh, Alistair Locke uh, playing Zen and Aurac, um, who's a, a brilliant actor and um, sound designer and composer for Big Finish. Known Alistair for years and years and years. He's done fantastic work. And Geoffrey Breton, who, um, yeah, he's, he's an amazingly uh, accomplished young actor. So very lucky to have him in there. Very lucky to have him in there, indeed. So that's that's all I've got to say about mindset. I feel feel awful. Have you got Have
1: you heard it? I've not heard it. No. There's a, a There's a lot of Blake Seven to get through, actually. Yeah. But that's there's the one- loads of stuff. That's the wonderful thing about, about Big Finish carrying things on, really. Especially something wonderful like Blake Seven, which is so quintessentially uh, British. It, you know, it's, it's real Brit sci-fi. So it's great that we we can add even more to that that world ready
0: mm-hmm. so yeah,
1: get on blake 7 guys if you if you've not heard blake 7 or you've not watched blake 7 before um it's definitely one to get into
0: yes and more blake 7 on the way and
1: there you have it there it is a truly random bit of podcastery but now it's time to say goodbye to ran cheers ran you've done a smashing job I'm going to do up your seatbelt now. There we go. Right. Put the engine on for you. Just keep your foot down on the gas and you will be fine. I'll see you in Kidderminster. Goodbye! (laughs) Kidderminster. And so as the podcast skateboards in its electronically wonderful motor-powered skateboard across the hyperspace bypass of Andromeda, narrowly missing a whole bunch of Wyrin on their way to lay eggs for your breakfast, there's just time for Nick to give you his customary breathless roundup of what's around to listen to at this precise moment. So, Nick,
0: take it away right here we go it's a big week cicero our ancient rome murder mystery starring samuel barnett he of dirt gently fame is available for download now don't miss it word of mouth and reviews are great on this one peter davison is the fifth daughter you knew that you knew that right yeah i can't even speak and right now you can hear him along with the faithful companions in the contingency club good chips pardon good chips with chips It's London, 1864. Just thought I'd mention that. And there's a secret gallery in A Gentleman's Club. <laughs> Join Tom Baker as the Fourth Doctor as he battles the Sontarans in The Eternal Battle with Lala Ward as Romana and John Leeson as K-9, both of whom I saw at Gallifrey One last week. Lovely people. John Hurt stars as The Invisible Man by H.G. Wells and dramatised by Jonathan Barnes, directed by Ken Bentley. Dark Shadows, Phantom Melodies, starring Matthew Waterhouse. I was going to say Waterhouse Matthew House in this great collection of short stories from the renowned US horror soap <laughs> Pathfinder Legends Curse of the Crimson Throne 7 Days to the Grave fantasy role playing plots dramatized to tingle your molecules don't miss it don't just don't and finally The War Doctor volume 4 Casualties of War The sorely missed John Hurt stars for the last time in a cataclysmic set of time war adventures and that's it was
1: good i don't know how you do it nick but you do it
0: incompetently i think is how i do it <laughs> incomprehensibly um no, yes he, and now the latest releases <laughs>
1: that's wonderful you're 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 a living legend nick and every
0: week thanks. you just
1: get better and better thanks <laughs> thanks mate cheers uh yeah so thanks nick and now it's time for us to say goodbye for this week yes we are just back to well. our regular
0: now but now the uh, the hedge has been cut down right outside my window. Uh can you sum up this week's podcast Benji?
1: Yeah, I think I can actually. So well, <laughs> let's go back Death to the Daleks uh, <laughs> <laughs> J- Jago and Lightfoot, short lots of short trips stuff, Jago and Lightfoot, Christopher Benjamin, uh Blake 7, uh, John Belushi, Beards, um uh, Kidaminster. There we go.
0: Right, I'm going to put that all on the website. Beautiful <laughs> words, beautiful, beautiful words. You're Time welcome. to say goodbye. 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 And here's this week's drama tease: a healthy slice of the first men in the moon by H.G. Flipping Wells. Hey, eh? cool. Peoples of the Earth, listen closely. This is a
4: warning from space. The Moon is not as we have hitherto believed it to be. No arid desert or featureless rock. Rather, it is inhabited. It swarms with intelligent life. And I fear that that life has seen into the heart of us. It has weighed up our flawed species. And I am very much afraid that it is preparing, even as I speak, to exact the most merciless judgment upon us all. You have to believe me, for I am Professor Cornelius Cavour, and I was amongst the first men in the moon.
8: certainly is. But how do you know my name? Listen, if you're from the press, I've already said all I'm going to say. I've spoken my final word on the subject, and I mean to adopt from here on in a dignified silence. Unless, of course, you're offering me a generous sum of money. Are you? Are you offering a fee? I'm not a journalist. Then what are you?
6: I'm a tourist. I'm a friend of a friend. Is that right? Yes. I'm Julie's little sister. Julie? Well, you remember Julie, surely. Julie Bell, from Richmond. Well, I never. Yes, of course. Julie from Richmond. She's married now to a stockbroker called Charles. They have a small child. Well,
8: isn't that just marvellous? I'm jolly pleased for the both of them.
6: I'll be sure to give her your best regards. Uh, I'm Maria, by the way. She may not necessarily have mentioned me. I'm rather the black sheep.
8: Maria. Maria Bell. Delighted to make your acquaintance.
6: Julie showed me your photograph once, and despite the incongruity of seeing you here in this far flung part of Europe, I recognised you
8: immediately. And I'm very glad you did. <gasps> I was just thinking that I'd like some company. I'm travelling alone, you see, and whilst I can keep busy enough during the daytime, the evenings are often a little empty to me. But whatever brings you here to Italy?
6: I'm touring the lakes, Mr. Bedford. I'm painting. With my aunt.
8: Ah. And where is that good lady tonight?
6: She's gone to bed already with a headache.
8: What a pity. What a shame. She's missing a beautiful sunset. Listen, Maria, might I be permitted to order you a drink? The cafe will be closing soon, but we've time enough for a glass.
6: Mr. Bedford, my dear man, I thought you would never ask...
8: I apologise if I was a little short with you earlier.
6: Oh, that's quite all right. Though I admit it wasn't exactly the reception I was hoping for. You seem to think I was from
8: some newspaper or other. I'm afraid I did make that error, yes.
6: Was there any particular reason why you'd think such a thing? That you'd believe me
8: to be a journalist? I'm afraid I'm rather pursued by them. Most expect their quarries to talk for free... They seem to think it's an honour even to be of interest, whatever rag it is they represent.
6: Goodness, I I would no idea you
8: were so notorious. It's rather my own fault. I shouldn't have said what I did back in London, but I was paid a handsome amount for it. Though I only told them half the story.
6: Mr Bedford, I confess I've not the slightest idea what it is you're talking about. But I am now intrigued. I'm even starting to wonder if my sister didn't make the wrong choice. Oh, you'll forgive my candor. I'm not used to drinking wine. But please, tell me, whatever did you do?
8: I may as well say, but I don't want to boast.
6: Please, I want to know.
8: I went to the moon, Maria, and I came back alive. Goodness me. You're serious? Absolutely in earnest.
6: This really is astonishing. Ah, uh, Now that I think of it, I believe I did hear something of such an expedition, but it had never occurred to me to connect that peculiar business with you.
8: I've tried to be discreet since, live quietly. I've got to earn an honest shilling, of course, but I'm not exactly a greedy man.
6: Now, I am truly agog. You will have to tell me everything. The full and complete truth.
8: Really? It's quite a long story.
6: Mister Bedford, my aunt won't surface till morning. We have all night.
8: If you're certain. I am. Uh, I suppose I can tell you exactly what happened. Tell you everything. Even that which I kept from the public.
6: I can think of few more pleasant ways to spend the evening. But before we begin, there's something I should probably tell you. Oh, yes? Uh, In person, you know, you're ever so much more handsome than that photograph let on. Now, tell me of your journey, Mr Bedford. Tell me all about the moon.
8: If you want to hear about the moon, madam, you'd best hear first about England. And so we begin in London, some 13 months ago. I had, at that time, made a number of investments and financial decisions. Many of these, of course, were excellent and a mark of my acumen and guile. Others, however, were perhaps a little riskier in nature. One of them failed in the end, and in spite of all my other achievements, this sole miscalculation had just started to catch up with me.
2: know where you are, Mr. Bedford. I want to worry you,
8: sir. I do believe I know the nature of that intended word, Mr. Shapser. sir.
4: So with all due respect, I'll continue my flight. Just give me my money back, in full, and there won't be no need for no beating. I would if I could, Mr. Shaps. You know that. But the financial climate at present makes that impossible. Can you give me some time? Just a little more time. Your time's up. So I'm going to take it from you by force. And if you really don't have it, oh, I'm going to be cross. Have you seen me cross, Mr Bedford, sir? Have you heard what I'm like when I'm in a temper?
8: I've heard rumours, Mr Shaps, yes. That's why I'm rather grateful on this occasion to be younger and fitter and fleeter afoot than you. Good day, Mr
4: Shaps. Good day! You've given me a bloody stitch now! God, it stinks! I'll add it to the list! Yeah, I'll add it to the list of reasons why I hate you.
6: It would seem there was some urgency then in your having to leave the metropolis.
8: Well, it had become, let's say, a rather less friendly place than it had been before.
6: Still, to leave our planet altogether seems rather extreme.
8: I hadn't intended to escape Mother Earth quite at that point. Rather, in order to avoid those disgruntled gentlemen to whom I owed money, I left the city by way of a midnight flit and came, of all places, to Lim. I don't know if you've been there, but Lim's a quiet, unpretentious sort of English village. My natural métier is, of course, the wild bustle of the city, but I meant to make my time in the country something of a sabbatical. Indeed, it was my intention to recoup those recent losses of mine by writing a play. And so I rented a little bungalow and I set to it. I reckon ten days or so would be sufficient to turn out a decent enough piece for the West End. Unfortunately, matters proved not to be quite so clear-cut, and I soon found myself rather at a loss as to subject, theme, and dialogue. In consequence, I ended up spending a great deal of my time gazing from my window, and it was in just this manner that I first caught sight of Professor Cornelius Cavour. He was walking silhouetted against the marshes, and he was humming too, humming so noisily that he practically buzzed. After a moment, I even recognized the tune itself as being a fairly idiosyncratic variation of the British Grenadiers.
6: Professor Cornelius Cavour. Now there's a name to conjure with.
8: You've heard of him?
6: Only vaguely.
8: His fame does continue to grow. Unfairly obscuring, some might say, that of his closest associate.
6: An accident, I'm sure, Mr Bedford. A quirk of circumstance. I've no doubt that your name will, before long, quite outstrip his in infamy.
8: You're very kind, Maria. You're very kind. And in this dappled amber twilight, you're very lovely, too.
6: Thank you. Thank you. But go on. What was he like, the Professor?
8: He was a short, round-bodied, thin-legged little man with a jerky quality in his motions. He was dressed in an overcoat, in cycling knickerbockers and stockings. He always wore this ridiculous little striped cricket cap. When I first saw him, he was alone, yet as he hummed, he gesticulated wildly with his head and arms. All the same, I was able to turn away from this strange interloper and return to my literary labours. Nonetheless, there was something distracting in the apparition. Such distraction increased the following day when, at precisely the same time, he appeared again, dawdling past my window and humming loudly. This occurred again on the third day, and then every day thereafter until, when exactly a fortnight had passed, I could stand it no longer. As soon as he appeared, I opened the French window, crossed the veranda, and directed myself to the point at which he invariably stopped.
4: Um, 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 one um, moment, um, please, sir. Um, um, one moment, I beg you, of your time. Uh, one moment? Of course you may have one moment, sir. Or if you prefer to speak to me for two, three, or even fifteen moments, you are most welcome to accompany me upon my perambulations. <laughs> uh, oh! Accompany you? Most certainly. Well, then. Very well. I think I shall. Then that, sir, is altogether splendid. <clears throat> My habits, you see, are regular, and my time for conversation is necessarily limited. Mm. This, then, I presume, is your hour for exercise? It is, yes. I come here to enjoy
8: the sunset. But you don't. Excuse me? You never look at it.
4: Don't don't I? I?
8: No. I've observed you these past thirteen nights, and not once have you looked at the sunset.
4: Not once. Well, I suppose I must be thinking thinking about what about the stars yes about the stars and the darkness in between and you what are you cogitating about when you're gazing from your window taking such close some might say impertinent notice of my movements as it happens I'm engaged in writing a play whatever for for the money chiefly for the wherewithal good grief is that why people write plays nowadays it is in my case well I wish you joy of it dear boy Joy! For now, I must return to my own labours. That's my home. See? Over there. The little white house with the little white chimneys. It's still quite a walk for you. Precisely. One cannot live entirely a life of the mind. Some physical exertion, however modest, is essential. Good luck with your drama, my boy. The very best of British. This little speech completed, he turned abruptly about and began to
8: tramp away from me at some speed. Baffled, I called after him. The name's Bedford, by the way.
4: Cavall. Professor Cornelius Cavall.
8: With that, he was gone, vanishing into the horizon. And as he went, he hummed.
6: (laughs) That hardly sounds
8: the most auspicious first meeting. It wasn't. The whole encounter was so peculiar... Yet for all his casual eccentricity, there was something oddly compelling about the professor. Some magnetism of personality.
6: It's often the way, I found, with the most exalted scientific gentleman.
8: Oh. Have you known many?
6: One or two. So, when did you see Cavour again?
8: I didn't. At least not at first. Two whole days went by when he didn't pass my little cottage once. And then, on the afternoon of the third day, he
4: came to call. Hmm. Mm. Charming place you have here, Bedford. A little stark, arguably a little functional, but still, yes, quite, quite charming.
8: Mm. Thank you, Professor. I'm afraid at present I'm merely renting it. Pity. But
4: there I may be able to help you. What do you mean? My... Proposition is a simple one. Why don't I pay you to leave this delightful little house? I'd give you a fair price. Uh, More than fair. Hmm. Why ever would you want to do that? Professor? Fascinating! What on earth was that? Do you know? I've not the faintest notion.
0: Coming soon from Big Finish Productions the first men in the moon.
4: Edford! Edward, My boy! D- did you see it? See it, Professor! The sky is black with it! Your house is gone! Welcome, Professor. Welcome to my realm. We are the first. The first of our kind to slip the bonds of our planet and soar into the infinite. The one over us all, the Grand Luna. And I am very much afraid that it is preparing, even as I speak, to exact the most merciless
8: judgment upon us all. And so we do what Englishmen always do and have always done. We stand up for our beliefs and we fight for our survival. Prepare our council of
4: extraordinary measures for a meeting most urgent and rare. You think too much about the future, for now, enjoy the present, relish the moment, and hold on!
0: Big Finish. We love stories.